0: Thank you for listening to this recent message from The Rescue Church. We pray that God will use this message to encourage, challenge, and inspire you on your faith journey. If you'd like to learn more about The Rescue Church, please visit us online at therescuechurch.com. So a few weeks, well actually it was a few months ago when Chase called me and told me the date of his graduation on may 18th i was like okay cool you're gonna be in town he's gonna tell you i asked if he wanted to preach but that's not how it went i just said hey you're preaching when you come back that sunday so i'm thrilled to take a break from our empty promises series that we've been in in the book of ecclesiastes and i'm so happy to welcome back to the stage my friend my pal pastor chase reber would you guys welcome him to the stage now you can come up here chase Now nah, we're, we're gonna doing hug it for it out. people. Hey, we were on the iCampus yeah. today. It was awesome. Chase did really good. We talked to people. We shared our favorite verses. It's all yours, Chase. We go till about eleven fifteen at the latest. So all right, guys he pause. I am really short, John. I don't know. Hey. There we go. Hi. Hi. Um. So just because there are some faces I don't know and don't recognize, uh, it was like almost nine years ago. John calls me. Um, Leaves a message on my phone that says this. Hey, this is the John Sanders. Yes, the John Sanders. Wanted to call you. I got an opportunity for you. Why don't you give me a call back when you can? And I listened to the voicemail. I was like, who in the world is the John Sanders? Like, who says that on a voicemail? And then I learned who the John Sanders was. Uh, Gave me an opportunity to come up here basically offered me a job uh, to be a pastor at the Rescue Church um, without knowing me that very well at all. And it was amazing. And this church took a chance on me. John took a chance on me. The leadership took a chance on me. And I am so grateful because somehow I convinced all of you and the people in Lansing, Michigan that I can be a pastor. And so it's been really exciting to be that. And uh, is what I was called to do is what is God uh, has called me to do in my life is to preach his word, to love on people, and to have fun at church. So if you don't like to smile, laugh, dance, or cheer, you should leave right now. I'm just kidding. Uh, Well, most of that's kind of true. I'm going to ask you to respond a little bit, if that's okay. I walk fast. I talk fast. But it's because I want to get as much as I can in at the same time. The very first time I preached here, I don't know when it was. So it wasn't. wasn't, That's like the second time I preached here, uh, Sam Pickard, he said, were you nervous? I said, no, man, what are you talking about? I felt really good. He goes, you were talking so fast, and you were walking so fast. And I was like, I think that's just just how I do it. Like, I think this is just what I do. So, um, hopefully, it keeps you awake, and hopefully, it's good, and, and I don't know. It's just... For me, it's just fun to move around when I talk. So, really excited for all that you guys have done uh, in my life uh, to get me even to graduate yesterday. It wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for uh, this church and for John. And John was really helpful even up until like last week. He said, I needed someone to pick up my gown and my hat. And so, I wasn't going to be here in time to do that. So, he said, I'll pick it up for you. So, he picks it up for me. And then, to make sure that I knew that he had it, he sent me this picture. This is your pastor, and I know you can't see it very well, but he's missing something that normal people wear uh, under these robes, and it's called pants. And uh, what happened was, you, it, I was kind of funny, and he was basically said, "Hey, there's only a short time left until you're done with your ceremony." He was trying to be really clever, but I freaked out uh, because I thought I ordered the wrong size robe. <laughs> I actually thought that was the size, and I start, it's 1130 when I got his text, and I start Googling, how long do the robes need to be for Masters, like, and what size pants can I get to, like, go all the way down, and then I was like, I asked him, how tall are you, because I figured, I'm pretty sure, if he's six inches taller than me, then maybe, just maybe, it will go down to my knees, and then I can fake my way through it and just walk like this the rest of the time, but (laughs) thankfully, if you zoom in, he was being funny, and he just folded it up, so, anyway, can we get that off the screen, this is gonna... <laughs> and he actually said, Hey, well, you can show that picture. I was like, That was a dumb idea to tell me that. All right, so what I want to do today, uh, I think it's going to be fun if you're okay with it, is, is just look at one verse. Uh, I, I think sometimes there, verses uh, in and of and by themselves, one sentence can be really, really powerful from God's Word. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah. There's, we all have favorite verses, right? There's, there's a lot of popular verses out there. And what I want to do is I just want to look at this, this one-hit wonder is what I'm going to call it, where this one verse, really, if, if you take it and you apply it to your life, like it can bring a lot of comfort, a lot of power, a lot of encouragement to your life. And, and so I want to talk about one of the top five verses that even if you've never been to church and you just happen to walk in here today, you've probably heard someone say this verse. The problem is you've probably heard it used in the wrong context. And so what I want to do is I want to help clarify it a little bit. So let me share with you the verse that most of us have probably heard. Philippians 4, verse 13. Philippians 4 says this, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You've heard that? Nod your head a little bit. It's hard to see with these lights. I see you, see, I see. You kind of heard that one, all right? You heard, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Good news, bad news. Bad news is this verse has nothing to do with sports. Yeah. This is not for the Minnesota Vikings saying that they can, one day, with God's strength, win the Super Bowl. And they can't because the Bears stand in their way. Amen, Chicago. All right, got to throw that in once. All right, it's not about sports. This verse is not about your strength, your accomplishments, the power to go and do something. This verse has nothing to do with that. Now, before I move on and tell you what it is about, I want you to know that God is a powerful God. And there are plenty of verses in Scripture that talk about God wanting to do powerful, miraculous, incredibly awesome things through and in your life. Ephesians 3 says that to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask, think, dream, or imagine. I mean, that's, that's a powerful God. There's a verse in the New Testament that says that with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So I'm not trying to say that God can't do incredible, powerful, wonderful things, but this verse is not about your strength and your ability to go and accomplish and do things. The good news is, in its proper context, this verse is one of the greatest verses that you need and that I need in our life to help us get through any and all situations. So what we're going to do is we're going to go look in the context, because most of the time when you misunderstand a verse, it's because you've taken this verse out of its original context, and you forgot that this sentence was inside of a paragraph. And this paragraph was inside of multiple paragraphs. And if you would just take a look around it, you might see what it actually means. Are you good? Good. All right, we're just getting started. You said 1130, right? 1130. All right, good, good, good. My wife's even saying, no, please. All right, so what I want to do is I want to look a little bit before this verse to give you the context. We're going to look a little bit after, and then I want to connect the dots between this verse and another really popular verse uh, that Paul wrote that we misunderstand often. And then I'm going to walk off the stage, and we're going to go eat lunch, and it's going to be delicious and nutritious. Philippians 4, chapter 4, verse 10 says this. Oops, my bad my mother-in-law running sound back there. I'm making it hard for her. Philippians 4.10 says this, How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret to living in every situation, whether it's a full stomach or an empty, with plenty or with little. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The context of this powerful verse is contentment. Say contentment. Ah, it just sounds like a bad word, doesn't it? Contentment. How many of you, that's your favorite word? Like you put it up in your living room, you know, one of those cool you know, artistic designs. You say contentment is my life word. Anybody? No, I didn't think so. Like it's not a very popular word in our society because we are a society of more We think that more is better. Supersize my fries, please, right? You don't need a cheeseburger. You need a double cheeseburger. And even my favorite establishment, Taco Bell, it's not just a quesadilla. They have double steak quesadillas. They have double XL burritos because more is better, right? We think that more means more happiness, That, that if we just had more stuff, a bigger house, more money, we would be more satisfied in life. We think that more means happiness. But, but the truth is, that's not the case. I mean, yes, sometimes more stuff, more money, bigger house, better cars, sometimes that can produce some happiness inside of us. But here, you need to understand this. You can have everything in the world and still be sad, still be unsatisfied, and still be left feeling empty on the inside. One of the biggest enemies of contentment, I think, in our world today is social media I love social media, but the problem with social media is you begin to look at other people and all the beautiful pictures that they post of their family and how their kids smile in every picture (sighs) and how their house is always clean. I mean, always clean. And you begin to wish and want what they have. I wish I had their house. Wouldn't it be nice if I could go on a vacation like that? Man, it'd be great if I could drive that car. And we begin to want their house, their car, their kids, their husband, their life. And we aren't content with what we have because we look at social media and realize that that is a big enemy of contentment. It's something that causes us to struggle. Now, right before this one hit wonder, we see that Paul says this verse is about contentment. It's not about your strength, it's about being content. Contentment is, is being able to find joy in whatever circumstance or situation you find yourself in. Being able to find joy in whatever circumstance or situation that you find yourself in. Paul says, I can do all things. It's not a power thing. He's not saying, I can can run a marathon, or I can build a house, or I can lose weight without actually changing my diet. He says, I can do all things, meaning I can be content, steady, settled in whatever situation that I find myself in. I would paraphrase it this way, that Paul says, I have learned to say, I'm good. Would you say that with me? We say, I'm good. Yes, it's more than two O's when you say it this way. You've got to add three or four. I'm, I'm good. One more time. I'm Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, I figured it out. How to say I'm good. I'm, I'm steady. I'm, I'm settled. I, I'm satisfied. I've learned the secret to say I'm good. And it's not that the situation is always good. It's not that you're always feeling good or looking good. He says, listen, I've had nothing, and I've been on empty, and I've I've been without. Does that sound very good? No. He says, I've had nothing, empty, been without, but I can still say I'm good. And then on the flip side, he says, I've had plenty. I've had all that I've ever wanted or needed, but even then I can still say I'm good, whether I have a full stomach or an empty one. If I have everything or nothing, even if I have plenty or little, I'm, I'm good. I'm steady, stable, content, and satisfied. Now, if you know anything about the Bible and Paul, you'll know that he had some not-so-good moments in his life. Paul was in prison multiple times, beaten multiple times, uh, threatened and had his life as he was, he was threatened to death many, many times, shipwrecked. I mean, this guy went through some stuff in his life, and yet he still figured out how to say I'm good. And in the first part of this verse, it says, I can do all things. Now, this word in the original language, all things, it it means all things. (laughs) It means everything, the whole, and every kind of. Everything, the whole, and every kind of. That means every situation, every scenario, the entire thing, the whole thing, every kind of thing that you are going through. Paul says, you can do all things. You can say, I'm good through it all. Not be happy, but be full of joy. So you came in this morning, and some of the greeters and some of the volunteers, they probably looked at you and said, hey, how are you doing? And you said, I'm good, with just two O's. I'm good. And deep down inside, you weren't very good. And you know it. Life around you wasn't very good. But my hope is that by the end of this, you can learn to say, I'm good. Would you say it one more time with me? I just like hearing you say, I'm that was like seven O's. We need four or five. That got creepy there for a moment. Okay, so let's try it a little less. I'm, I'm good. All right, you're good. All right, you're good. Are you good? Thought someone was going to say, I'm good, but you didn't. It's okay. I'm good. Now, here's the question I, I, I got to figure out. How can we say that? I mean, how can Paul say that he's good with nothing, on an empty stomach, without? How can we say I'm good when we feel like our marriage is falling apart? How can we feel and say that I'm good when, when our health situation is not very good? How can we say I'm good when our bank account doesn't look very good? How is Paul able to say this? Well, he tells you right in this verse. I can do all things, or I can say I'm good, and then he tells us why. He says, listen, I have learned a secret. i got to tell you, John, the secret. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength." What? It's a secret. Did you see that he said that? I've learned the secret. Shh. Do you feel left out over here? You do. Let me come over here. Excuse me. I've learned the secret to be good. I can do all things through Christ. who gives me strength. If you ever want to make someone feel uncomfortable, just start whispering. Nobody likes it. It's weird, but Paul said, "I can say I'm good. I've learned the secret, and it's Jesus. It's the secret is Jesus. Jesus is the secret that we most of us don't tell many people about. We're, We're too afraid. We keep it hidden, and it's a secret that was never meant to be kept quiet." He said, "I've learned the secret to say I'm good in any and all situations, and it's Jesus. My strength comes because of Christ." I can get through all things in this life. I can say I'm good in every situation. And the secret, it's Jesus. Contentment comes. Because I can do all things and handle any situations. And it's all because of Jesus. He, he's enough. Now, Paul keeps on writing after this verse. I can do all things. As he continues to write in his letter, he tells us how he can be satisfied because of Christ. Let me, let me show you. Verse 19 And this same God, who takes care of me, will supply, what's that word? All All your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. He says, listen, through Jesus, God has taken care of me and provided for all of my needs. Not my wants, but all of my needs through Jesus, through his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. He supplied all of my needs, and I know he can do the same for you. He's talking to you, and he's talking to you, and he's talking to you. I know he can do the same for you. Through Christ, God has supplied all of my needs, so I can say I'm good in any and all situations because Christ is enough for me. Now, here's where I want to connect the dots with another very popular verse and, and where it talks about this all things. And it's another very misunderstood verse, but let me, let me read it to you, let me explain it to you, and then let me see if you see what I see when I see it. You ready to see it? Thank you. Romans 8, 28. You've probably heard this one too. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good, to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, it's often misread and misunderstood, and most people think that this says that all things are good and that this verse is for all people. You're wrong. That's not what this verse says. Let me tell you what it actually says. It says that God causes all things To work together for good. Not that all things are good, but he's going to take all the things in life, the good, the bad, the happy, the sad, and he's going to work it together for good, not for our happiness, but for our good, not for our comfort, but for our good. He's going to take it all and work it together for our good. And then it's according to his will, not your plan, not your will, but according to his will. And it says it's for those that love God. This is a promise to those that love God. That in your life, he is going to work all things together for your good, your ultimate good. So let me see if you can see what I see. I can say I'm good in all things because God is working all things for my good. You see it? I I think Romans 8.28 is a foundational verse. I, I can say I'm good in all things, in any and every situation I'm facing. Because I know and believe and trust that God is working all the things in my life for my good he's 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 working it together for my good i am good i can say i am good see <laughs> I think John used this. I think I stole this illustration from John. I think you were using it in talking about how the body of Christ is made up of many different members, but, and we need every different member to work together uh, to produce something good. But I'm going to use it in the sense of our situations in life. In, in our situations in life, here's what happens. There are some bad things that are happening in your life right now. Everybody say yes. yes. There are some very uncomfortable things, some difficult situations that you have faced that I can't even imagine in your life. But God says that he's going to work it. He's going to work it. He going to work it all together for our good. Think of a cookie. You know where I'm going, right? You know where I'm going. Just say amen first. Amen. Thank you. All right, yeah, just give me a pre-amen. He's going to work it all together for our good. If you think of a cookie, if you eat a cup of flour, you have a problem. That's disgusting. If you enjoy a spoonful of vanilla just because, that's gross. And even though... A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. It's nasty to just eat by itself. Correct? And you may think that it's really awesome to improve your muscles to eat eggs raw by themselves. But that's gross. Okay? You got issues. And I do counseling if you ever want to call. And we can talk through that. But, 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 but. You know and I know when you take all that not-so-good stuff and you begin to, oh, we're... When I make cookies, I make a big batch of cookies, okay? You begin to work it together, you can produce something really, really good. As long as there are no chocolate chips in there, then it can be real good. I don't like chocolate. I'm a sugar cookie fan, and I think chocolate is one of the grossest things on the planet Earth. It's nothing to do with the message, but I just wanted you to know that about me. Separate. It's not so good. The struggle you're having in your marriage, the financial situation you find yourself in, the health situation, the fact that you can't decide where to go to college, the fact that you feel like you have no friends and no support, and, and the fact that your son or your daughter is now going off to college, and you feel like this is not very good. That all is true. There are some things in our life that are not good, but that doesn't mean God can't work it together for our good. And as, as you understand this, I want you to know what is that good? That good is not our happiness and it's not our comfort, but what is the good? Here's what it is. God's ultimate goodness in your life, and my life, and everybody's life on this planet is that we would come into a relationship with Jesus. His ultimate good for your life and my life is that we would come into a relationship with his son. And so what he's doing right now is he's working everything in your life to bring you face-to-face with Jesus. To to make him your Lord and your leader. So you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead. Everything that is going on in your life is is to bring you to that moment where you have a choice. Because that's what he ultimately desires for you. That's his ultimate good for everyone on this planet. And then once he does that, secondary to being in a relationship with Jesus, his good in your life is to make you more like Jesus oh, that was good, and you missed it. What he wants from your life is not to make you rich and not to make you happy, but to make you holy and fully satisfied in Christ. Thank you, Owen. I got a shout-out to Owen. man. Owen and Sam and John were all my mentors at one point uh, when I did my master's program. So uh, Owen would come over to my house at like 5 a.m., and I did not wake up at like 5 a.m., but for some reason he decided that was a good idea. And and we did coffee at like 5 a.m., and and we would talk through some stuff, and he was a real big help uh, when I first started this mentorship, and then he gave up on me. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, And then I moved, and uh, it didn't all work out uh, to keep all my mentors that were here in South Dakota because I needed to connect. But thank you, Owen, for being a part of this, Sam, John. Uh, anyway, that was a shout out because I forgot to do that earlier. So let's get back to being good. That's God's ultimate good for your life to find Jesus and then to become more and more like Him every single day. That's what the good is not happiness, not comfort, but good. So we can say, I'm good because Christ is enough. Through Christ, I know that God will take care of me. God is paying attention to me. He cares, He knows, and He has this thing figured out. My strength to face the highs and the lows, the good and the bad, the happy and the sad. It comes from God through Christ. He's, he's working it all together. Christ is all I need. Christ is enough. Now, I used to be, uh, do, do a lot of worship leading when I first came in here, and, and we love to sing songs like that, right? We love it. You love it, and I love it. Christ is enough for me. Christ is enough for me. Everything I need is in you. Everything I need. They didn't ask me to sing this morning, so I figured I'd get it in the sermon. One of my other favorite songs is this one. Oh, give me Jesus, give me Jesus. That's why they didn't ask me to sing. You can have all of this world, but give me Jesus. Birdie, right? Those are pretty words. That's really good. And we want that to be true in our life. But let's be honest, and I'm just going to be honest. If we sang it the way we really felt, it might sound like this. Christ is enough for me as long as I have a flat screen TV. No? Give me Jesus and a steady, stable job. And a 401k. Hey, hey. John, you weren't meant to write lyrics. (laughs) Right? Come on, like, if we're we're real with ourselves, we want it to be true that Christ is enough. He's all we need. But but we want to make sure that we have some other things, too. We like to add on to a lot of Jesus. But Paul... Man, he wasn't fronting, he wasn't faking it, he knew. He says, Christ is all that I need. I can have nothing, I can be on empty, I can be without, and I am, I am fully satisfied in Christ alone. Before he sets up this idea of contentment, we've read a little bit of what comes right before, and we read a little bit of what comes after, but, but before he talks about this, Paul basically talks about how amazing he is. And it's a really interesting thing you read. And, and he basically says, folks, I am the bomb.com. You think you're good? I'm better. And he's not trying to be prideful. He just is about to list all of his accomplishments and all that makes him awesome. And he, he lists this, this great long thing, and he says all this stuff, but then listen to what he says. Because you and I, we try, we try to think that we can get through life, that we can get through any and all situations based on our own strength, based on what we've accomplished, based on what we can do. And, and he says, "You think that you've done some stuff? I've done more. You think that you're holy? I am holy. You think that you're awesome? I am better than you." And then listen to what he says. I once thought that these things were valuable but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. Everything else is worthless compared to the, not just the value The infinite value. He says, I'm going to take value, and we're going to take it times infinity. The infinite value of knowing Christ. Everything else is garbage. The word garbage, I love the original language. Sometimes the word garbage says this. This word, uh, we miss it. We just think garbage. We're like, oh, cool garbage. But what this word really means is waste thrown to dogs, like filthy scraps of garbage. Table scraps, dung, muck, sweepings. What is, listen to this, good for nothing except to be discarded. He said all of my accomplishments, it's not that, oh, let's put them up in the attic and save them for a rainy day. No, he says they are good for nothing except to be discarded. Everything that I can do, all of my own strength, all of my own accomplishments, all of my power, all of that stuff is good for nothing except to be discarded. When you compare it to the infinite value of knowing God. Jesus, (laughs) if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what would, because God is good all the time, all the time, that was a song, man, where's he at, that was, I've never heard that song, that was amazing, God is good all the time, you did it on purpose, didn't you, because you asked what I was preaching on, and then he knew, that's why you were trying to get me to be prepared two weeks early, I like that, all right, God is good, anyway, I didn't write that down, but I like that song. God is good all the time, all the time. Whenever I get lost in my notes, I just start rambling until I find my place again. And now I just start singing until I find my place again. God is good all the time. John, they don't laugh at half of my jokes. (laughs) My dad once told me some some of the jokes you just throw out there and some of them flop and you just got to keep throwing them out there until one catches. I'm like, yep. My wife once said, if nobody laughs, it just wasn't funny. So maybe that's what's wrong with me. I'm just not funny. Thank you. When we compare all the things of life with Jesus, all of our accomplishments, all of our stuff, all of our wants, compared to knowing Jesus, it's dung, rubbish, table scraps, and garbage. Hmm. If you have everything you ever wanted in life, that's awesome. But your satisfaction and your hope and your strength doesn't come from your wants, doesn't come from your things, your accomplishments, but it comes from Christ. For you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. If you're in the building today or listening, listen, you got to understand this. You can be without, you can be in need, struggling, worried, in pain, suffering, hurting. You just are surviving right now. But your satisfaction and your hope does not come from your wants or your things or your accomplishments. Your strength is not dependent on your circumstances or your situation that you find yourself in. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. I know that God will take care of us. I don't have to stress out. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. God does good. He works all things together for my good. So give me Jesus, and I will be good. Life may try and throw curveballs at us. Life may try and overwhelm us, but we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. If I were to paraphrase, and I'll just close with this, I, I I would make this verse. I, I would say it this way so that I could make sure that I don't think about it as power that I can go and accomplish. I, I would say it this way. I am fully satisfied in Christ alone. I can do all the things because of Christ. I can get through any and all circumstance, any and every situation, all because of Jesus. I am fully satisfied in Christ alone. As long as I have Jesus, I can say I'm good because Christ is enough for me. And I know that That God is working all things for my good. I'm not defined by what I have or what I don't have. I'm not defined by my failures or my successes. I am defined by who I am in Christ. I am fully satisfied in Christ alone. If you're listening, listen, you got to understand this. God is taking every situation that you have in your life, and he is working it together for your good. And first and foremost, your good is that you would find God and you would have a relationship with his son. That's why he brought you here today. That's why he he made it so that you could hear this word, is he is working it together so you would find Jesus. And and if you've already found Jesus, listen to what he's telling you is that you need to understand that everything that has happened in your life is, is to help bring you closer. He's gonna take it. He may not have caused the bad. He may not have put you in this situation on purpose, but he can work it together for your good. And that good for you is that you would become more and more like Christ every single day. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Let me pray. God, you are so good. And even in times in life where things aren't good, we can say, I'm good. Because we trust that you're working all things for our good. Lord, in the room today, there are people that are going through stuff and junk that's not real good. May this word and and, and your word be an encouragement to them that they can start saying, "Ah, I don't feel good, I don't look good, I'm not in a good situation, but I know deep down inside I am good. Help them to know that you can give them strength to do all things. To make it through any and all circumstance, any and every situation that they come face in their life. They can be fully satisfied and draw their strength, and their hope, and their comfort, and their peace through your Son, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Rescue Church Past Messages. To hear our messages live, head to one of our physical campuses, or check out our iCampus at therescuechurch.tv.